0: Welcome to the CFC Jack's Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, Spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast.
1: Welcome to Q&A. Thank you so much for joining us online today, or if you're listening back later in the week, we're glad, right. <laughs> glad to have you with us. Um, but those of you live with us this morning, there's a number up on the screen, and that's your opportunity to text in questions from the sermon this morning. And so we're continuing in our discipleship series. Yes. I love the title of this one, God. <laughs>
0: it's great. <laughs> well, yeah. So I could go anywhere, right? Yeah. Talk about anything if I just God in the Bible. Yep. <laughs>
1: Uh, but great to start at the beginning sure. and love uh, the focus on the foundational question. That's not something I think I've thought of a lot. I kind of fall in that bucket. I've never questioned the existence of God, but it really does, it boils down to the foundation of what you believe, how you think, how you act, how you behave yeah. is what you believe about God.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we get to some questions, and I th- I would have guessed, Tracy, that'd be true for you, Uh I don't think it's true necessarily that every person who grew up in church, like grew up going to church, um, that just because you grew up church doesn't mean that you never question the existence of God. I think that there there are certainly those who grow, people who grow up with kind of believe it, take it uh, at face value, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what they were told all their lives, and then oftentimes circumstances that may oftentimes it's circumstances in one way or another that blow up, blow up a person's life and then they ask or they go they begin to question the existence of god so in your journey uh, even though though at one point you, you believed there was never there was never part of your journey a questioning
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, not I'm Christ not
0: suggesting there should be. I was just clarifying. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was just thinking about that. No, I don't. I remember a point of questioning: Does God really exist? Mm. Is there really a creator?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't think uh, that's been part of my journey either. But it's been helpful for me to recognize that it really is true, we all have a unique journey. So there are plenty of people who are engaging in, in this series who that is part of their journey and who for some that is where they are in their journey now mm-hmm. and and that's why I, I do want that person to feel honored in the process, have not dismissed of that's silly, that those are real questions, and I do think this scripture uh, gives us real answers. Um, Well, I'll save that, I have a second question, but I'll save that.
1: Okay. Uh, first question here: uh, How would you have a conversation with an atheist on the "something cannot come from nothing" point when they ask, "Well, where did God come yep. from?" We know the Bible says He is Alpha and Omega, but is there a better talking point when specifically speaking with someone who's skeptical?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great question, and I appreciate, and I think the the person who asked this question can uh, can appreciate that that there is there is uh, no airproof way to answer that question the, like I said in the message that is why our belief in the eternity of God the having no beginning no end is an important otherwise he is not the uncaused cause that uh, the Bible declares him to be. So um, I think my my reply to that has been when folks well then where God from God come from? And my answer has been, that is what makes him God. Mm. Where did he come from? Well, he cannot have come from anywhere. Logic demands there must be an uncaused cause. That is what makes him God. So the question is not so much, is there a God, but who is the uncaused cause? So you understand what I'm saying? Common sense, even Dawkins, uh, the atheist, goes <laughs> he goes to that funny language of myst- mysterious and interesting, but he acknowledges it's counterintuitive and, and against common sense to say that there isn't an uncaused cause. So that means there must be one who doesn't have a beginning. The question is, Who? Hmm. So, that's where you have to go, okay, there is a God. Then which one or who is it? Is it Buddha? Is it Allah, who is the uncaused cause? And that's then when you move from, okay, there is a God. The God of the Bible declares himself to be glorious infinite power, infinite in wisdom. So the God of the Bible is the reasonable, not the lacking of intelligence, but the reasonable explanation for what we see in our world. We cannot conclude that there is a God and then that that God has weakness in some way Otherwise, we would not have a universe like we have the universe. It demands an uncaused cause of infinite wisdom and infinite power. So that that is, in my reasonings, why I believe the scripture gives us a, a reasonable, now there still is always faith in all things. Uh, there is a the Bible gives us a reasonable explanation for where it all came from an infinitely wise, infinitely power, eternal God, which is the the God of the scriptures, the God that the scriptures describe.
1: Hmm. Um, and this one's not a question, but a comment. They said, a quote comment on the wondrous nature of God, it never ceases to amaze me with all the detail that goes on in the physical realm, from the universe to sections of quirks, but also to the complicated math behind something simple as the spin of a subatomic particle. (laughs) And this makes sense when they explain this part. I have a science degree from a non-Christian university. They give some other description. And how God strengthened my faith was not apologetics, but reminiscing on the wondrous works of God.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's why, What I and I appreciate that comment there, because... uh, I was trying to demonstrate, sometimes I think we're, as believers, we're afraid of science as if somehow science is going to discover something that's going to disprove the claims of an infinitely power, infinitely wise God. I'm not concerned about that at all. They may come to conclusions that I would disagree with, but it's conclusions not their observations, what they discover. True discovery, true observations, the bigger the microscope, the bigger the telescope. I think that all works for us to reveal the greatness of our God. I think of in the whole journey of a, a commitment to life, just think of how People really thought of life beginning at birth until science developed the sonogram. And I can remember being in ninth grade. So 1978, seeing a a little old eight-track video called The Silent Scream. First time I ever saw a life still in the womb. And so that was, Kind of my first exposure, and it was like, oh, see, science is not revealing something that disproves what Scripture says. It's The more it reveals, the more it will reveal exactly what Scripture says. So hmm. uh, technology can be obviously abused, but the greater the technology, the greater the revelation of the God of the Bible.
1: Getting down to all yes. those nitty-gritty details yeah, that are so intentionally put together. And yeah,
0: things that we can't see that now through technology we can see. And we go, wow, it's exactly as God said it was, that he had knit us in our mother's womb and there was life there long before birth. So that's what I mean by I think that their advancement is not our enemy. Advancement in that in terms of in terms of advancement can be an our enemy in the sure. sense of how it's complicated life. <laughs> but I meant in terms of what it reveals about our world. New discovery can be wrongly concluded, but new discovery will always give us greater confidence in what the scripture has declared.
1: Mm. Nothing accidental.
0: No. And what no.
1: he's created.
0: Yeah. Nothing accidental in what he created, and nothing accidental in our lives. And I hope, um, you know, we were looking at most basic things. and I just wanted to make sure the, that the most basic wa- things would be understood to be applied to us personally. Often, oh, now I'm going blank on the paint maker. Wasn't Olympic. There was a paint maker years and years and years ago when I was a kid, this stuck with me, that said, We painted the Apollo that went to the moon. We painted the submarine that went to the bottom mm-hmm. of the sea. We painted the seats and like they picked an NFL stadium in a very harsh climate like Three Rivers for Pittsburgh. We painted the seats in Three Rivers Stadium. And then they go, We think we can handle your bathroom. <laughs> And always, yeah, it, I thought, that's oh really, God. really, yeah, it's, and I see, when I see what God has done in the world and look at my life, I can go, I think, I think the Lord goes, I can handle your bathroom. <laughs> I can handle I, that. Paper. I can handle your life. If you've seen what I've done in the universe, I can handle your life. That that was what always kind of stuck out to me.
1: Hmm, That's funny. Yeah. Uh, talking about this, um about there's no accidents, it makes me think about oftentimes you hear the phrase like, well, that's just dumb luck or karma or mm-hmm. something that relates to something accidental that wasn't purposeful.
0: Right. I am... I, do, I don't I do find um, many people, though uh, I should say, there are many folks who don't yet subscribe to belief in Jesus who do say, well, I think all things happen for a reason.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: They're not prepared to say that there is a a hand, a loving, eternal hand behind what is making that the purpose. They think just kind of in general, it happens for a purpose. As believers in Jesus who have embraced the word of God, I go, yeah, I agree that not only everything happens for a purpose, it happens for a specific purpose. Purpose. I actually know what the purpose is. Mm-hmm. Other folks don't. would go, everything happens for a reason. I don't know what the reason is, but I think it happens for a purpose. I believe it happens for a purpose, and I know what the purpose is as well. The purpose is to fill the earth with the glory of God. That's the purpose. That's the hand behind everything that's going on. Whether it makes sense to us or not, that is the hand behind the purpose.
1: Hmm. It's encouraging. There's a. I think so. Yes. <laughs> Random.
0: Yeah. So, uh, along those lines, and then, uh, ever a point in your life or th- that you'd be interested in sharing? <laughs> you're like, uh, what are you going to do? Go. <laughs> <laughs> Where you would go. Now, I never doubted the existence of God, I always believed there was a God, but ever wrestled through uh, his involvement? Because the two questions, mm-hmm. is he present, is he involved? And any point in your life where you wrestled with his involvement?
1: Involvement in either his absence or what he like was or wasn't in yes. my...
0: Yes, in your life personally.
1: In my life and what I thought he was or, or doing.
0: Or just, hmm. I think some people may go, no, my life's been pretty good, but when I look at the uh, the Holocaust, I hmm. go, where's God in that? Hmm. you see what I'm saying
1: yes I'm trying to think if there's one specific experience but I can that's a, a good example something that's so egregious mm-hmm. um, to think why why or how did God allow that to do that I don't know that I've ever thought the absence but I have in my mind like why what's the purpose yeah like why would God allow something so horrible to happen kind of like the common phrase of why to Bad things happen to Mm -hmm. good people, but in extreme situations, why would the Lord allow this to happen? Yes, I have asked that question before. I'm trying to think if it...
0: Prompted by anything specific.
1: Yes. I don't have a specific response coming to mind, but I know I have asked that, probably more so with world events Mm -hmm. or like large events. Like, Why would the Lord allow this to happen? I mean, ultimately knowing that all things are for his glory... But sometimes that's still hard to wrap your head around.
0: Yeah, I brought up the Holocaust because I think, and I see um, what happened, six million plus Jews. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's just hard to fathom. Hmm. Those are the people of God, and how uh, how would he... If he is sovereign, allow those things to happen. And it, it mm. it's difficult, honestly.
1: Very difficult to reconcile that.
0: Yes, it is. Um, part of what I see that... And I don't want to give simple like, oh, that's a... There's no reason to wrestle through that. That's a real, that's mm-hmm. a very difficult question, and I don't want to give simple answers to it. For me, um, actually seeing, this is this might sound funny, but actually seeing that what God did with his people uh, in the life of Joseph when they were 70 and spent 400 years, not six years of horrible atrocity through World War II, but 400 years of being abused as slaves and being told to throw, to, to kill their baby boys, uh, when I see that happening in Scripture, and am able to not only see it through the lens of the atrocity, but to see it through the lens of the greater purpose of God for all eternity, uh, I'm able to go, all right. That seems horrible. No, no, no. It is horrible. It doesn't seem horrible. It is horrible. But God is working for good. Even the most horrible circumstances like that, um, I don't always understand and sometimes don't have the same perspective from... I'm not far enough away from it to be able to see it, mm-hmm. but we're far enough away from seeing what happened to the, the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to see that God was working to make them into a people so that he could give them a land and freedom. Uh, we're far enough away to see it. So that's one of the ways in which I go. When I see something that doesn't make sense to me, that seems like, ah, this this flies in the face of God is good and actively involved, it reminds me, Doug, you have limited proximity. You have limited vantage point to something. This is when I go, I have seen, from a greater vantage point, from an eternal standpoint, that even the worst atrocities, the cross, God worked for good, therefore, I'm not going to follow my own reasonings, I'm going to trust that the God that I've seen work good in all atrocity in the past is doing that, even in the present. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that came out very well or not, but I've tried to to acknowledge there's some hard questions about is God really involved and is involved in a loving way, as I just shared, said he was from Genesis, in some of the ways that look really, really painful and evil. And I do conclude that From the vantage point of the Lord and his eternal purposes, he is always working to fill this earth with his glory, sometimes in some very painful ways.
1: And true in our own individual lives, mm-hmm. also true in large. Yes.
0: yes, so uh, in small ways, I see the brokenness yeah. in my family growing up, and I go, no, the Lord was working for good in that, mm. so I don't look back in bitterness at that. Mm. I look back with gratitude that even in my limited world of brokenness, I can see God working for good, so I wasn't I wasn't a victim of evil, uh, I've simply been... an if I'm a victim, of a victim of God's love. Hmm. In some strange packages, but a yeah. victim of God's love in every way.
1: Because ultimately, He loves yeah. us and He created us in love. And so thank you so much for joining us for your questions. Hope you have a great afternoon today.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.